Hey folks, it's Sir Richard Wentworth. When you're ready to buy a car, True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these 3 easy steps. First, Download the True Car mobile app or go to truecar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can save time, save money, and never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit truecar.com today. AfterBuzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello everyone and welcome to After Buzz, we talk about Gallivans! <laughs> and you brought one. Don't worry, you don't have to hear me sing ever again. But yes, Wait, we can't promise that, that's not good. <laughs> Regardless, we are here to talk about episode one and two, the pilot and joust friends. Joining me on the panel tonight, Jackie Borowski. Holla. Tiana Hobson. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Blake McIver. Hello. And I'm your host, Megan Salinas. Next time, we should sing our introductions. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a terrible singer, but I will do that to you. <laughs> just for you guys, I would do that. You know, mm-hmm. just for you guys. So, I don't know about you guys. I had a ton of fun watching this. This is probably the most fun I've had watching TV in ages. What are your guys' initial reactions to this show? I loved everything about it. I thought it was fun. I love musicals in general, and I never want them to end, so now that I get to watch it every week, that's a lot of fun. And I just saw Into the Woods, and I was like, I don't want this to be over. I wish it was on TV, and then Gallivant came on. Now it is. There it is. I'm happy. I had a lot of fun, but it, it's funny because one of our fans tweeted at us and said, you're, like, so sweet, and then they were like, and Jackie, you're just a big, angry stinker. In, like, a funny, cute way, but, like, <laughs> I, I know I can be like that, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, I am having the best time. These songs are so terribly written and not very well sung, but I'm still having a great time, and I think that's why, I think that's what's important. It's like, if you want to be entertained, tune in to watch Galavant. If you, if you are looking for a Broadway quality musical, <laughs> nah, not so much. But it was so much fun, and I fun. loved that it didn't take itself seriously. Like, it was clear that they weren't trying to do a perfect musical presentation. And brand new genre. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is not something, this is not Glee, this is not Smash, this is a completely new musical half-hour comedy it's great. Well, and it's funny, too, because we've seen lots of sitcoms and lots of other TV shows do musical episodes. We, Buffy had a really great yeah, one. Great one. Even, like, I 
Grey's Anatomy. Thank you, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. musical episode. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm one of the oldest people on the panel, but Xena and Hercules had musical episodes <laughs> back in the day. So I was watching this, and I was like, this is like the Xena musical episodes. Because there's it, it's that level of... Uh, Camp with like old timey fighting mm-hmm. that that seemed to remind me of of Xena and Hercules. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of Spam a lot. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's what that is because it's kind of making fun of itself within itself, and yeah. it's still like a great fun time. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a fun take on you know fun satire on fairy tales because we have you know obviously this is Disney and they have the great Alan Menken coming in to write these songs and right. compose the music so it makes sense that you know it's this kind of big tongue in cheek thing but just the fact that it's Disney is just a little cherry on top you know what i find interesting though it's disney but no one in in this show like i was entertained but no character is likable if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, they're like, all you're, scoundrels. Yeah, you're watching and you're like, everyone on this show is a big flipping jerk. And I don't care that they are, but it's just so funny to me because Disney always tries to do that thing where it has like, likable main character or likable, right. like at least mm-hmm. one or two likable characters, even though that now they're doing the whole like, understanding the villains thing. It's like, no, no one is... No. <laughs> yeah. In this musical, everyone can be awful. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Probably the only one I don't dislike is the cook. And he, just I because know. he's oh, so he yeah. feels so bad. You're like, this poor guy, they killed his whole family. <laughs> a cook with a heart of gold. Bless his yeah. heart. <laughs> Although I also like Sid, Sid. who is, uh, for those of you Harry Potter fans, yep. he is Lee Jordan from Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah. And um, he was also, he also played Simba on uh, the, not on the movie, but on the um, Broadway Lion King. Okay. Yeah. He, has, he has that quality voice. Not that the guy who plays Gallivant doesn't sing well, but like he has, there's something about his voice that you're just like, he is like, I trained. can see where he is trained <laughs> and if you recorded him, he's probably like a one or two take kind of guy. Yeah. 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 So let's go ahead and talk about that opening number because I feel like <laughs> if you get through the opening number, and you're not satisfied, then you're not going to be satisfied with the entire <laughs> show. Because basically that opening number sets the tone for the entire series. You know, we're only two episodes in. But what did you guys think of that opening number and our, the introduction to our hero, Gallivant? I actually, I think that's the best number because that's the one that walking away from it is still in my head. The ba 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 ba, and they play it throughout. They play it throughout the whole uh, it's series. Kind of, it's kind of yeah. It's their you get a number line. of prizes. Um, yeah. But I, I also think it's it's the funniest because it's the one where they they come at you with the most things and you're you just can't stop laughing because you're like that just happened that just happened that just happened you know and it's yeah. like bam 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 I, I want to rewatch it again and again just because I know there's so many things that I didn't catch and even it helped having the subtitles on because yeah, you know for sure. like it's happening so fast I'm like oh wait I missed that oh I'm reading I'm watching I'm doing all this stuff there would have been so many jokes to just fly right by us if we weren't reading, reading along yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
I, I love the opening, and I was kind of scared that they put everything into the opening. You know, you start off that great. It's like, where do you go from here? But, right. you know, they were able to find a way to kind of mesh everything together and still give us, like, big musical numbers in the middle of the episode, too. Well, and what I love about Alan Menken is that he steals from himself. <laughs> that opening number, for those of you nerds watching along, that opening number, that da 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 that's from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I mean, that's directly out of the score of Beauty and the Beast, but I'm fine with it. Like, I'm like, you steal from yourself, Alan Menken. You plagiarize yourself all you want. He's done it his whole career. Somewhere that's green became part of your world. I mean, it's like, it's my favorite thing he does. I love it. I'm all in. I really enjoyed it, too. And, again, just there's so much humor thrown in there with the lyrics, and there's just... I really like the idea of the just this whole fairy tale world where everyone's a terrible person. Yes, <laughs> yes. Not one person has like has like a good motive. Even when um, the princess of Valencia, who I'm sorry guys, but she had 45 names and I can't remember them all. I think one was Elizabeth. Let's just go with Isabella. 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 So, all I got was Isabella Lucia. Yeah. <laughs> she and they even wrote it on the stream, but I was like, oh, too many. It's too much. Um, and that's the point, I guess, but. Uh, even she, like, you're watching this and you're like, okay, she's the one likable character. And then you're like, oh, no, she has a... Yeah, and you find too. out her true it's motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, she's lying about everything. Yeah. Dang it. Well, let's let's talk about Gallivant and Madalena. Because we start off... Because he is the stereotypical hero going to save the princess. And she is the type of person to choose fame and fortune <laughs> her life. She's like, I've been thinking about it and I'm totally okay with the fact that he kidnapped me. It's totally fine. <laughs> I honestly really like that she that, that, that twist happened, that she was that terrible. I like her playing terrible as an actress. I just think it suits her. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's yeah. Like she's the Kardashian of princesses. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll take the fame and fortune. Well, because she's essentially the princess buttercup becoming the evil queen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. She um, even had a very buttercup-like dress. Mm-hmm. When she was getting married. I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's... They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Just watching their, their back and forth. Yeah. I mean, she she surprised me with the... I knew... I mean, we saw in the previews that she wasn't going to choose Gallivant. But just the switch over of like, oh, I'm going to go from like nice, lovable, and then all of a sudden like she's te- even... Te- um, treating King Richard like crap. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I think I do like her as, like, this evil person because at first I was like, oh, I'm gonna hate her because she doesn't choose Gallivant, but now I love her because she treats everyone just like, ugh, <laughs> Gallivant would do it this way. She's had it, basically, yeah, with everyone. Yeah, she's had it. Yeah, she's totally over it. And and it is very funny to watch King Richard still trying to woo her even after they're married. He's, he's technically she did a won. chastity vow. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, those convenient chastity vows. He reminds me of... Um, have you guys seen Men in Tights? Hopefully. Oh, yes. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, the little John. Who played him? Who played oh, yeah. him? Who was that? But he reminds me. Of, he reminds me of that the little John from Men in Tights, not Little John. Um, King the King, King, King Richard. Richard. Yeah. King, not, it's the same it's, uh, name. The other, King yeah. the, the other King Richard. Richard. The other King Richard. And I'm wasn't sorry. that the one where she had the chastity belt that was like this yes. giant lion? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> totally reminds me of that. But yeah, Amazing. so and it. Oh gosh, it's just so funny to watch these people go back and forth. But 
he's a very interesting villain, too, because he's completely whipped, first of all, but he's also really callous, but still childlike. And I, I love just the conversations that character has with the other character, Gareth, who's his bodyguard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought some of the most comedic timing was with him and Gareth's back and forth, because Gareth seems to be the one person who doesn't who doesn't take any of his crap. He's like, no, I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm a man's man, and that's how it is. That's Maybe he's Gareth cute... will be the redemptive character in the show, eventually. But even he's a yeah, jerk. Yeah, he's kind of bad, yeah. too. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah. He, I, I like their kind of like cute bromance they have going on. <laughs> where, he, like, in the end, he hugs him, but he just hugs him a little too hard because that's how he <laughs> killed his know dad. <laughs> all the strength. <laughs> no, they're great. So, all in all, what do you guys think of the pacing of this? Because we have, instead of having it just be an hour long special, they're breaking it up into two different episodes. And I know that that's just kind of the way they're doing it, but what do you think of it technically an episode being a half an hour instead of a full hour? Because I got to see them both back to back, it doesn't really it doesn't feel, feel like, like it. But if things had ended after the first episode, you know, where there, it was clear like this is the end of an episode, I would have been wanting more. I still wanted more after the fir- after the full hour of it, but I think having them together, it makes it just enough where it's not overkill. But I think half an hour just isn't. Yeah, I would have been upset enough. if it yeah. had just been yeah. a half hour and we had to wait a whole another week to find out. Yeah, that would yeah. have been like no. no more. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why they're airing them back to back because when they watch them, they realize this is too awkward to not have it be a full yeah. hour. And even even after the second episode, I was like, I want more. I want the next one. This is something I really want to binge watch because it's yes. just so funny. Mm-hmm. Also, two full production numbers per episode is that's a major <laughs> undertaking. Like. Two per half hour. That's like, it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is an ambitious project, and it really impresses me that ABC is doing this in general, just at all. It, like, I'm, I was so surprised when I initially heard about this show. I was like, they're actually doing a musical miniseries? That, it blew my mind. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't feel, in light of recent television shows that have been hits, like Glee, and I, I realize this is not like Glee, where, uh, it's like Glee tends to take some of its numbers more seriously. Not all of them, but like there is a serious undertone to Glee. Um, and Glee was a, was a big hit. And then um, the what what show was doing the live Peter Pan? NBC. Oh, that's yeah. NBC. Yeah. yeah, NBC. Even though live Peter Pan, in my opinion, was a total train wreck. People watch <laughs> it, and so they probably figured, "Hey, we're ABC. We're a big channel. We have like the the power to do a musical. Why not?" And I think the reason why this will work over some of the other ones, like I mean, you mentioned Smash earlier, which right. I I was a huge fan of. I thought it was great. But I think that what's going to help is you know having Disney behind this. They have all the Disney geniuses to help who've already created our favorite movies and our favorite songs, now they're here to make this show a success. So that's kind of what NBC and the other networks are missing <laughs> is that touch of Disney. I can already see the pre-parade at, at Disneyland oh, of like yeah. Galavant and you know before the princesses mm-hmm. coming out. And I think maybe something that this show has to its advantage that maybe other shows don't because they they're looking more for long longevity is the fact that this is a mini series that we do only have eight episodes before this particular story is done. Supposedly season two is in talks, but. 
I like the idea of it just being a self-contained thing because you can have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. And that's okay where, you know, you take something like Glee and they don't really know where to go after a season or two. I think I think shorter runs, not 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 even necessarily miniseries, but like series that have had shorter seasons, it seems to have worked better for them yeah. because they've had they've had better like there there's no filler episode. Right. There's no oh my gosh, like we got a 22 episode order and now we just have to write the random cover story. Yeah, in here. yeah. It's not like. Keeping things longer and stretching storylines out to get to the full twenty-two. It's like, hey, we have eight episodes to tell a story. You trim all the fat that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not saying that ABC doesn't have like the manpower. Like they they have Once Upon a Time, which never does a filler episode. I, that's one series that it's like all those episodes matter. Yeah, but. Um, some just, I, I don't know, some shows just can't handle it. It's like once they get that big yeah. order, they just don't know what to do with it. Especially <laughs> if you have a musical number, like a musical show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I feel like this helps them with the planning process and they can just go ahead and tell the story and do the numbers that they need to do. And actually, you know, again, beginning, middle, end. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm really excited to see where, what they have planned for this show. So uh, I want to go back and talk about Isabella a little bit because, as you mentioned before, she at first seems like our only likable character, like this shining beacon of like, okay, this is going to be, you know, the badass chick to come in here, get our hero into shape, and, you know, set him straight. And it turns out that she is actually working for King Richard to to save the life of her parents and hopefully her kingdom as well by luring Gallivant there so that King Richard can kill him <laughs> to somehow make Madalena think he's more manly. Seems like a flawed plan. But, Very flawed. But... I still kind of like her, even though she's working for King Richard. We can kind of see that there's a romance going with uh, with her and with Gallivant. Do you think they're going to go that route, or do you think that by the time the series is done, everybody's just going to be like, no, you're a terrible person. I, we don't have to get together, but you're all right. No, I think that's going to be the big conflict, is I think he is going to fall in love with her, and then he's going to have to decide when he finds out the truth about what she's doing. And th- That's my prediction. Yeah, and when he gets there and sees that, you know, Madalena is not the person who he thought she was in the first place, then he has feelings for her. But I don't know, I think I still like Isabella. I, I think she's the character that, you know, Disney ABC has started to do, where we see why she's doing what she's doing, so mm-hmm. it makes her, in our minds, not that evil. She's doing it to save her family, yeah. to save her realm. So it's like, we we empathize with her, and we're like, oh. She's we the feel- new Disney princess. Yeah, she's the Merida, yeah. Elsa, whatchamacallit. Yeah, she's all those things. So it's like, I I understand that we don't like her for a reason, but then I I also can't help but love her because I understand her situation. Speaking of that, though, Disney's also now that we've had Frozen, they're also doing this thing where it's like the uh, the princess, like Mer- Mer- Merida. How do you say her name? Merida. 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 Yeah. I've always had a problem with that. <laughs> and Elsa, um, where there's no prince, like they, it's the story no. isn't about that. And I actually like this idea that it's like everyone's so terrible. Why would you root for any of these people to get together? And you're right. <laughs> like she is the one character where you're like, I get why she's doing this, and she doesn't have to be with Galvan because he's kind of a turd. <laughs> like she spent all this money on him, like for him to drink and eat, and he was not very grateful. <laughs> Rude. Chivalry is Rude. dead. Yes. In this world. <laughs> and in 1256, it's dead too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently, your mama jokes your are mama awesome. Your mama jokes are also dead. Still, still dead. <laughs> I like though. Um, I like though that they've brought in aside from the your mama jokes. They they do a lot of adult humor. The show is yeah. clearly not set for kids. No, like they they've done so much adult humor that I was like, I like that they're not shying away from this. I like that they're being brave. No, that opening number, I was so surprised at just the number of crude jokes that you know, but still <laughs> yeah. air appropriate yes. jokes yeah. that they managed to sneak in just but to so that much one sex opening in number. the first like thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like goodness. <laughs> It's true. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, though. I like that sense of humor. It's it, again, it's something that's setting the show apart. And again, it has that kind of self-aware aspect to it. It knows exactly what it is, and it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But I, I let's. Let's go ahead and talk about the music, because you mentioned, which really surprised me when you mentioned it, that you think the music is bad. I think, uh, aside from the opening number, which, now that you mentioned it, is just a rip off of past stuff he's done, like, that to me is the most Uh-oh. catchy tune. Like, that's, that's the one that I would go away humming, and, I mean, to compare it to, and I know this is, there's, a, there's some lofty comparisons, but like, when you went, when I went in and watched Frozen for the first time, or I went in and watched, um, Book of Mormon for the yeah. first time, I was like, oh my gosh, every single song in here is important and I have to have them all and I have to, like, now I sound creepy. But, um, <laughs> I have to have them all and I have to memorize them all. Like, I didn't go away feeling like that about this whole set of songs. I felt like the songs, felt good for part of the story and they feel the story and I was uh, I was engaged watching them I just don't feel like I would go out and buy the soundtrack on on its own and just listen to and it just in listen your car it or on your car. iPod no. or anything like that I would I might I have to say I might yeah, yeah. I just want those people who has to hear all the songs yeah. and you know in listening to the songs understand the story that's being told you know without the lines and I think that a lot of the songs yes they aren't necessary or they're not like the important information but it does fill in because you know it's a musical so it's just giving us just in a musical sense of what this conversation is going to be and it can be very short and not important but it's still fun yeah, and something that, you know, good musicals do is not only really good musical numbers, but they move the story along. Like, the song is actually about what's going on, and it tells you what the characters are going through and everything like that. I really enjoyed the montage song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but see, and this is sad, because the whole time I'm watching the montage, I've got the Team America, everybody likes a montage. Gonna do a montage. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, all I was thinking about, and I'm like, gosh... When you've been there before, like when when you're the person that's that's written that song before, that's kind of like captivated the audience. You're like you've already stuck that pop culture nugget in there, so people think of that first. And that's a fair comparison. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's immediately what I thought of as well. But it was like for what it was, it was still well done and it was still funny. Oh, there well, it is. There yes. it is. Leave to Steven in the booth. <laughs> Doing a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Everybody likes a montage. montage. <laughs> How about you guys? What was your favorite songs? 
Um, well, I think my favorite song was the um, the really messed up love <laughs> the love duet. <laughs> no, no, you're not as terrible. <laughs> not quite as bad. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I have it. What is it? Maybe what you're not the worst. Not thing the ever. worst thing ever. Yeah, I I love that. I want to learn that song. <laughs> it was adorable. It was adorable. <laughs> I just well, I love that. Anytime you can take that sort of l- typical cliche love song and turn it on its head, it's like that. That's musical theater gold right there. That it did remind me a lot of Spamalots. Um, Every once in every show, there's a song there's that a goes song. like this. Yes, <laughs> the song that goes like this. <laughs> Only, and they were, you know, singing about how terrible each other was. <laughs> it reminded me the of the uh, the Alphaba um, and Glinda song where they're like roommates and they, and they don't. Like oh each other. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> loathing, loathing, yeah. unadulterated loathing. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, again, it, it's like when you have these big pop culture songs that have been there before and are super catchy, and then when you think of that going into a song like this and you're like it's been done before and it's been done on like such a high level I'm entertained but I'm not necessarily going to be like ah forget that song I'm wicked I like this one now I don't know I, I also felt their execution it's like Again, you you can't compare to like Adina Menzel, but it's like yeah, their execution of the song to me was a little bit off. Mm. Well, that's a fair comparison. I mean, because clearly going into the show, the people who are putting it on have a love and knowledge, and definitely they know their stuff when it comes to all these pop culture songs. They, but the question is, is this parody something that they're parodying something they that people know and love and they're doing it in a way that shows their own love of the source material or is this just kind of like a slap in the face to all those big really you know culturally relevant songs and tropes and everything that we've come to expect from fairy tale stories and from musicals as well well and is their target demographic really going to know all of these references that they're making that you know i don't know we all like theater nerded out immediately like that's that and that's that and that's that you know i I don't know that everybody watching is going to have the same sort of critical eye when it comes to that kind of stuff but maybe Maybe. And I think that something I've been thinking about is, you know, because there are so many, you know, the Team Americas and Spamalots out there that have already made fun of these big songs in numbers that you would see in something like Wicked, maybe that has just kind of made the situation, like, not as pure anymore. You know, it's we're so used to, okay, Team America already did that, and so anytime I go to a musical and something comes on, similar to it that's actually real. I'm like, oh, well, remember that time when we made fun of it? (laughs) You know, so it kind of takes the fun out of it when you think of it in that context to me. But um, ultimately, I mean... I also think if they chose different a different storyline because Gallivant does everything about it reminds me a lot of Spamalot and of these other things that we're all so familiar with. Mm-hmm. So maybe if the story were a different new story, it wouldn't have that same effect. Yeah, fair enough. I I feel when watching this, I get a lot of enchanted vibes. Mm, you know, yeah. it's that kind of same self-parody that Disney's doing that it did with Enchanted, only with more musical numbers, different time period and everything mm-hmm. like that because it's the same audience, you know, the mm-hmm. audience has seen these stories a million times before, so we're going to poke fun at it. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, the way they're doing it is again in a way that's relevant or new, Still, we, we've we still got a couple other episodes to see, I think, before yeah. we can determine that. It's just like Scary Movie. 
you know, those movies are all pretty much the same, just poking fun at, you know, everything that happens in the movies, and a lot of it is the similar same things, but it's still funny. People still laugh. People still want to go see well, it. Right. For yeah. Scary movie yeah. one. It's, it's, it's interesting, though, because when whenever you do a spoof, you have to... You almost have to get so close that you miss the mark when you when you set up a spoof song. So um, for something, uh, again, I'm using Book of Mormon as an example. Um, when that that song "You and Me" and mostly me, it's like it's a <laughs> direct riff. It takes it takes a piece of that Wicked song where she's singing about uh, her and the wizard, mm-hmm. and you're like, the music is almost so close. It's like not co- like. Like borderline, like copyright <laughs> like would have a problem yeah. identifying, and and so um, so sometimes when you watch these spoof scenes, like the the reason the opening scene was so funny to me is because it's that it's every opening scene to every um, every like Robin Hood kind mm-hmm. of medieval storyline where you have all these like townspeople jumping around and <laughs> and they're coming out of their houses and things and things like that, and so you're like, okay, that's really close, so it makes it super funny because the they seem hyper aware of it but then later on you're like are they doing this direct spoof of this direct song or is it just like the poor man's version of this song they don't know and that's the line where you can start to and not i'm not saying i was lost <laughs> but that's the line where you start to lose people right so for you it wasn't quite close enough to the mark to yeah. be that funny sort of brilliant mm-hmm. humor Okay. Gotcha. All right. And again, fair enough. We're only two episodes right. in. I'm um, not discounting it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still funny and entertaining. Uh, before we go on, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much. Everybody who goes to iTunes um, to support AfterBuzz, to rate and leave a comment. The best way to support the Gallivant uh, pot, uh, the panel is to go to iTunes and leave us with a five-star rating, maybe. <laughs> And leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We we want to hear what you think about the first couple episodes of Gallivant as well. And we want to know what you think about this panel, too. So we'd really appreciate it if you do that. And it makes us more searchable. And it shows our bosses that you like this type of show that we're putting on. So we'd really appreciate it if you took the time to do that. We're watching. Ah! <laughs> They are. Uh, they never stop. <laughs> stop. So let's talk a little bit about the second episode. I was so happy with John Stamos' cameo. <laughs> I, I know that was, that was probably something that they advertised, but I was just so surprised to see him in, uh, you know, as a knight in shining armor. It was great. As John Hamm. Yeah. Yes. Guy, no less. Yes. And I was waiting for him to sing because we know he can. Yeah. We know he's musically talented. So I was just like, I was like, I wouldn't I guess, now. yes, is this a missed opportunity? Because he yeah. really didn't sing. He just kind of laughed and and then got drunk. Maybe they're holding it back because the audience knows that he can sing. So maybe they're they're holding it back, and then he's going to do a big Beach Boy number. Big episode six reveal. <laughs> that would well, be great. I would hope that was the case because that's like casting Dina Menzel in Enchanted, and then not not <laughs> having her sing. We're all still upset about we're, it. Let's yeah. not pretend like we're not. We're all still really <laughs> mad about it. She had a song. It got cut. That's well, you know what? Maybe John's. That's like cut. that's like in Frozen when uh, they had um, who's that actor's name the the actor who plays Hans or oh, whatever Jonathan Hans. Jonathan Groff Jonathan yeah. Groff yeah. it's not Hans what's the name the of other it? one the it's other Christoph. one Christoph Christoph um, 
he sings like that one stupid reindeer yep. song, and you're like, yeah. this man has an amazing voice. Why is that his only song? I think I remember, remember hearing the behind the scenes, and they were like, it was kind of a mo. It was literally a last minute thing because they came to the realization we have this amazing, you know, Broadway singer. And we haven't given him anything to sing, so they <laughs> so literally crazy. just threw that little ditty in there. So that makes sense. don't do that to John Stamos, Gal. Yeah, yeah. Let's, don't do yeah. it. Give him a song. But do we we have our heroes. We have Gallivant, his squire, and is it Princess Isabella uh, riding off at the end of the last episode <laughs> and to to go on this quest to stop King Richard and. They come across this jousting tournament because they literally have no money. <laughs> and how great always. was that? How it's great was that thing. little sign um, prior to the jousting tournament where it's like this oh. way to that kingdom and Winterfell? Is that <laughs> yeah, way. I wrote it down. What was it? Um, Valencia, Valencia, Winterfell, Valencia. and Hell. Which, first of all, can we talk about Valencia? I mean, that's yeah. hysterical. For anyone who lives oh, in LA, like, my, like, yeah. who wants to go the to Valencia? Kingdom of Valencia. Oh. Well, there's a magic mountain in Valencia. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers it, but when I was a kid, I watched a cartoon show uh, called The Proud Family, and they actually had one character named La Cienega Boulevard. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. And it took me years <laughs> before I moved to LA and actually got that joke. I was like, Oh my god. There's a Sepulveda too. Really? Someone's last name I think on Proud Family was, was Sepulveda. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Years and years it's, and I never noticed. to me because I've lived in LA my whole life. So I was like, oh go. my gosh, this is so trashy. So for all of you who don't live in LA, the Kingdom of Valencia. I'm, it's just like Joan of Arcadia. Remember yeah. that show? Joan of Arcadia. Joan of Arcadia. That's in California too. But for those that actually took place in California, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. It did. Yeah. But um, so they they go to this jousting tournament. They put the the gem up as collateral um, because they're idiots. <laughs> First of all, that gem that looked like a ring pop. It looked like the yeah, most yeah. delicious green apple ring pop yes. I've ever seen. It really does. It's watermelon or... <laughs> yeah, maybe watermelon. Yes. Oversized. It was a ring, a ring pop. Ah. Now all I want to do is gear up some candy. Oh, man. What was I talking about? Okay, yeah, the jousting <laughs> tournament. And that's where we have Jean Ham. And somehow Princess Isabella manages to just talk her way into getting Gallivant into the final bracket of this jousting tournament. And that's when we get our montage because Gallivant is supremely out of shape. And... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, probably my favorite scene in the entire show was just the two of them um, fencing together because we get a little bit of character development with Isabella and we also get a lot of insight into Gallivant because obviously this isn't a show that's taking itself very seriously, but it is a moment where they can be like, okay, look, we're going we're gonna to throw in a little bit of character development here. And I enjoyed that. I did too. I think it's great that, you know, even though it's a musical and, you know, it's not taking itself seriously, it is giving you the time to kind of develop the characters within a 30-minute span for each episode. I thought right. they did a great job of keeping a balance between the two of those. My favorite scene was the actual jousting scene. I was like, this... <laughs> 
Because usually, Hysterical. well, the thing is, usually in spoof movies, at least they can joust. Right. And so when you're watching the spoofs, you're like, oh, there's always a really good jousting scene. I was like, I love that this is the most <laughs> underwhelming jousting scene I've ever seen. It's drunk versus sword. Yes. And then, and then they were like, well, whoever stands up wins. I was like, that's, that's the best. I love that the bar is that low. <laughs> and, and I like that setup too, because that is something that does, that happens a lot in montages. It's like, we have this really short amount of time to, to get physically prepped for this big event. And you do that. And in real life, it'd be like, yeah, no, they'd be really sore. Like, it takes much longer than that to reach your and physical peak. heavy. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is. So I really liked the punchline that he couldn't move after doing... <laughs> All of those push-ups and all of that fighting and everything like that, it made it it made me happy because that's how I feel coming back from the gym when I haven't been in a long right. time. It's like you everyone knows what he's going through when yes. you can't lift your arm and you're yes. like, oh, just picking up your coffee. Like, yeah. It's a struggle. <laughs> the struggle is real, guys. The struggle is real. <laughs> But yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun, and you're absolutely right. The joust, the actual jousting scene was hysterical. <laughs> Just to see them, yeah, no. At first, I thought it was happen. I thought they put it in slow motion for yes. a second because it looked like the audience, you know, watching was kind of moving their hands slowly too, and then it clicked. It was like. Oh my gosh! It's not slow motion. They just can't. They're doing the best they can. (laughs) (laughs) But Gallivant, because he's a hero and heroes get back up, he he does manage to stand and and wins the jousting competition <laughs> <laughs> just by standing just by up standing. how lucky but you did that's a good point the moral we get, we do get like a moral nugget here like any man can be knocked down but a hero gets back up like I mean, to be fair to John Hamm, though, he <laughs> did try to get up. He tried. He, tried. Yeah. he really he just, did try. He was super drunk. It was that absent. It's absent. <laughs> it's not that strong. Can we talk about why he didn't just lift up his little mouthpiece in the armor when he was throwing up? Because uh, it was just spewing uh, out. And I was like, just because open it. it. Just open it. made it. for a better sight gag. Yeah, we yeah. needed that cheap shot vomit yeah. moment. Uh, so awful. Just made me like, no, don't. You're like swimming in your own vomit. Just uh, open it up. Let it, John let it it's like that scene in Blades of Glory when Will Ferrell yes. vomits into the cartoon character head. Yes. Oh. <laughs> we keep it classy here at I'm After Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> we know all the vomit sight guys. We know them. <laughs> we keep an eye out just for you. So, I mean... We, we leave this episode with our heroes are back on track and they're on our way. But it looks like... There's a romance developing between Isabella and Gallivant, and simultaneously, the, there actually may, strangely enough, be a romance developing between Madalena and Richard as well, because they're both so terrible, they probably deserve each other. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you guys, oh, I, I guess, do you guys want to, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, or do you I guys want to talk I want King Richard and uh, Madalena to get together, and then them to have some sort of, like, terrible burlesque do it song. That's what I want. There you go. That's what do we're building it. up to. Yeah. They're going to do it. Yes. Yeah, you have to the, put thing. The, the thing. The thing. Not opening presents. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe opening a few presents. Just a couple. <laughs> then it ends. Yeah, yeah, I hope they, it. And they're going to do it. I hope they get together, at least for one episode, just for that number. Yeah. Just so we can see that awful burlesque. Yeah. I want a Mylar curtain to drop down yes. around the bed. Like, let's just go there. 
<laughs> I like that. I again, they're they're both so terrible that they probably deserve each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. We because we have Richard, who's again, he's he's basically an infant. There was that one scene <laughs> where the cook is literally feeding him like you I, feed a toddler. I love that. that was I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That scene reminded me of the cartoon version of Robin Hood because the oh, yeah. the Prince John in that one he was such a baby he was such a baby yeah. Yeah. He was such a baby always that, sucking his thumb always sucking his thumb mm-hmm. and Sir Hiss yeah <laughs> Sir Hiss that was his name <laughs> yeah. Miss Sir Hiss <laughs> I need to watch it now um, it's so, been a while yeah so that kind of reminded me of that version you know with the cartoons and everything and just how big of a how he needs to man up I like that man and, up. And who better than the Juggernaut or Gareth, <laughs> played by the same actor? So great, and I I like him. He's one of those side characters that he's. I don't know what it is about him. He's just such a manly man, and but also like very much a mercenary. Like you really don't want to mess with him. I, I like those types of characters. Mm-hmm. I think they're a lot of fun. I love that he really loves his boss. Like, I think that's sweet, because a lot of times you see these shows where, like, the the right-hand man is willing to sell out the boss. So yeah. I, I like that. Or is plotting his own, like, power yeah. takeover and everything like that. But no, he's legitimately looking out for the king. Yeah. I'm kind of sad, though, that we didn't actually get to see the makeover, like, the butch makeover. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what you have to wear, and this is what you have to do, and the blah, 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 That like, would have been a montage <laughs> I would have really, really yeah. loved yeah. to see. simultaneous montages happening. <laughs> that would have been great, actually. Well, That's a missed opportunity. We don't produce the show, unfortunately. They can always call us up, though. You know, we're available. We're available. <laughs> FYI, Not ABC, busy. Disney, just to let you know, no big. Just in case you were thinking about it, I'm free. <laughs> But yeah, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we get into uh, official predictions? No. No, I mean, yeah, I think we've covered covered quite Mm -hmm. a bit. All right, then let's go ahead and get into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, we didn't get a preview at the end of the episode. Yeah, what was that? Uh, We were robbed. No, (laughs) scenes from the next Galavant. Come on. Jeez. It would have been great. I'm sure they're going to promote it throughout the week, but as of right now, we have no idea what's coming. Around the table, what do you think is the next adventure that awaits our trio? Oh, I'm still going with my burlesque do-it number. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sticking to that. (laughs) Um... Gosh, I don't know. I feel like it's going to take them till episode seven and eight to actually make it to um, Valencia because they're going to come. They're going to maybe they're going to encounter a troll next. That's what that I'm going to say. That would be awesome. They're going to oh, have to cross the bridge. There's going to be a troll, and you know everyone knows what happens with trolls and bridges, right? Yeah. I'm hoping for some flesh wounds. That's my prediction. Ooh, a really black knight. A black knight would be really good. No, it's not. <laughs> Giant killer bunny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So good. I I would like to think that Elizabella comes clean prior to actually getting to the castle. Yeah. I, I That's not something I want to have dragged out. I want them to just get that out in the open so that when they actually get there, they can form a plan to actually, you know, take out King Richard and save her parents and just, you know, vanquish the terrible people that have invaded this country. <laughs> and then banish Madalena. Like, where does she go <laughs> after that point? 
Winterfell. Winterfell. Yeah. Yeah. To Winterfell. Or, or Power. Because that, that was a direction on the Oh, that's sign, true. So. Yeah. That's one, one of our three options in this Go world. Go to Winterfell or Hell. <laughs> so does that mean these kingdoms are a part of Westeros? I have so many questions. So many, so many questions. So many questions. What's that? Where are the dragons? Yeah, where are the dragons? Honestly, we need to slay a dragon. I would love to see a dragon in the next couple episodes. I think that would be so fantastic. I mean, Especially if it sings. Yeah. I do it with John Stamos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have to put put a dragon in there because one of the lyrics in the song was like that Galvant slays dragons. That's true. Yeah. That was yeah, one, that was on his resume. Point of it. Yeah, so I mean if you're gonna talk about it, be about it. That put would it be, in the show. It would actually be really funny if they went to go and slay a dragon and the dragon was already dead when they got there. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, Yeah, we did that. We yeah, totally yeah, did well, that. That was us. Because <laughs> Galavant still probably needs to get back in shape a little bit. Well, I guess that wraps it up for our first after show for Galavant. Blake, where can the people find you if they want to keep up with what you're doing? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blake McIver. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tiana Hobson. I'm on Twitter at 123Jackie underscore B and on Instagram at 123Jackie B. All one word. All one word. Thank you. Um, Megan, you can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Folks, thank you so much for a fantastic panel. Thank, thank you all for listening. We will see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.